welcome back to the Burning Eye podcast. I'm Bridget. Um, it's nice to speak to you again. I'm joined here today with the wonderful Mary Dickens. Hello, Mary. Hello. How are you? I'm good today, thank you. Um, I'm doing quite a bit of writing and um, keeping myself busy. Yeah, it's a bit of a rainy one today, isn't it? We were just saying that it's quite nice because it, you know, you know, kind of know where you're at when you, when it's a bit rainy. You're like, oh, I have to stay inside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No guilt about not not being out in the sunshine. Well, yeah, indeed. Um, but let's talk about a different kind of sunshine, which is your new Burning Eye pamphlet, Happiness FM. Yeah. It's a little book of sunshine, really, isn't it? Yeah, we're really, um, my daughter and I are both really pleased with the way the cover came out and the colour and the feel of the whole book. So that was really a good job done, I think. Yeah, the colours on the book are really amazing. So a bit like Afshan's book on the last episode we were talking about the use That's of right. the yellow in the cover. I mean, I believe yellow is quite in at the moment. I didn't know that when um, we put the cover together, but there are a few sort of yellow poetry books around at the moment. Yeah, it's quite reflective of spring and summer and, you know, your book in particular is literally happiness. Yeah, so I'm glad if it gives that feel. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's really nice. And you said that your daughter designed it for you. Yeah, yeah. My daughter's a graphic designer who's launched out and, and she's doing um, street painting um, commissions and things like that. And um, yeah, it's very much her style, but but very much what I wanted, which, you know, sometimes you worry about working with a family member on something like, like a cover. But we actually were both really pleased and both wanted the same things. So that was nice. Yeah, it's a really great cover. And if you haven't seen it, go to our website and have a look out for it. It's very striking, I think. I remember the first time that I saw you perform, Mary. It was, uh, I can't remember what year it was, but it was a Poetry Rivals. Um, That's right. Event that Clive um, was judging, and I was also oh. there doing some stuff. All oh, right, I didn't know you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah was... I was there too. <laughs> that was at the Albert Hall. It was all a blur. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember the poem that you did though, and I think when a poet, when a poet or a poem, when I'm out and about, sticks in my mind, I tend to remember them the next time that they come up. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember that you did the John Cooper Clark poem and so yeah. when you gave your manuscript in and it was in the book I was really happy to see it there because that was the first poem that I'd heard that I thought this is a this is going to be a great poet or a great performer <laughs> thank you well yeah yeah I mean that was a true story um it was actually before um John Cooper Clark had his his second wave of fame if you like and yeah, I sat there in the carriage next to, next to him and didn't say a word the whole journey. <laughs> and then bumped into him having a fag outside the station. So it's a, it's a true story. And I think, you know, it's about as much about how we behave around our heroes and heroines. And, you know, like when you actually meet them, what do you do? How should you behave? Um, so, yeah, so it was an interesting poem to write. I really like it um, next to Dear Professor Cox as well i want well, to believe well, that, that this has has turned into a true story have you have you done these <laughs> things with brian cox yet <laughs> <laughs> i 
<laughs> sadly. No. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I had a little crush on Brian Cox, and then I, and I'm very interested in science. And um, those two things, it was weird, you know, watching and, and sort of fancying him a little bit, and then and also then trying to wrap my head around sort of deep scientific concepts. And I thought this is really interesting, you know, um, combination of feelings. And um, so I thought it would be, a, a, you know, just funny to uh, try and get that into a poem. And um, yeah, no, it's one that a lot of people find funny and identify with as well, I think. Uh, but that was a joy to write. I really like that one. Yeah, it's very good. I've seen you do it a few times. And I think there's a Muddy Feet video of it on YouTube. Uh, and I was lucky enough to be um, do the first video, which is, you know, quite an honour, really. Oh, first one East, and um, and it was fun because they they're such a nice crew, Peter and Sam, and you know they came to our house and they were filming us in the house. And it oh was a, wow! And so yeah, and then they you know obviously they put a lot of effort into the video, and I think it worked really well and it was it was quite popular as well which was nice uh, so we'll always have that if you like I was the first muddy feet poet right that's that is nice that's going to be a legacy I think later down the line so you're um a staple part of I, I would say London's poetry scene but I guess there's so many parts of London that have their own scenes I guess so where where in London are you at the moment Mary Oh, I'm, I live in Kentish Town. I'm very much a Kentish Town local. But, um, you know, London is quite overwhelming and uh, the whole poetry scene in London, there's so much, well, there was so much going on. It was really difficult to, to get round to all of the things that you would like to have gone to. Of course, now um, there isn't so much. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so, so it's it's gone from like a feast to a famine if you like um yeah but a lot of what I did was was local I did a lot of local events but I did a lot of London-wide things as well um I did um a resident uh, for about I think it was it four years I did a residency uh for London Open Garden Squares and that was really great um they put you in a garden of some sort and and you spent time there and then you were there um, over the weekend when the gardens were open doing poetry activities um, oh, wow. and that I really enjoyed and of course um, like with the poetry takeaway I did manage to get around the country a bit as well so that was another thing that offered me sort of really good opportunities to get to know other poets as well so I'll always be grateful to the takeaway for that. Yeah, I was going to mention the takeaway because I know you've been doing that and I've never managed to get to get round to one, um, but they look really fun. It's fantastic. I mean, um, we've been so lucky, um, especially with the nationwide work, because it's like you get a group of poets and they're all lovely people. And I do think that most of the poets I've met have all been lovely people. And you get a chance to go away, you know, even for a couple of days together. And it's just, and you work very hard actually, and it's quite challenging. But at the same time, it's very bonding. And so I really value some of the friendships I've made doing that. And um, 
full of admiration for a lot of them as well. But it's quite unique in that sense that you get to, to spend quality time with people. So, yeah, I mean, it, and there's obviously, you know, it's wonderful to be able to write poems for all sorts of people. Um, and it hones your craft as well because you're really in a spot. So, yeah, it's something I really value and I hope I get a chance to do it again at some stage um, when they can function again. Yeah, I hope, I hope the, the, the Poetry Takeaway will continue because it does do some pretty good stuff. I was going to ask you if any of the poems in Happiness FM are inspired by stuff that you've encountered at doing the takeaway stuff. Possibly indirectly, but we, what we tend to do is um, with those poems, and most poets that do it, I think, are the same. We write them and they kind of belong to the people that you've given them to. Yeah. So a lot of people, I mean, I used to keep my notes just to look over them, really, because sometimes you think you've written something really terrible. But when you go back to it, it's not quite as bad as you thought. Oh, yeah. um, but <laughs> the notes, you know. And, and so that, that's a gift, you know, that's gone, if you like. So um, that's quite a nice aspect of it. But obviously, indirectly, you might get an, a seed of an idea or something like that. But on the whole, they're really personalised to the people that you're writing for. So they're probably different to what you would normally write. Yeah, for sure. I was going to ask you, actually, if why did I remember we chatted at the festival about you submitting a pamphlet to us I just want to ask why you decided that a pamphlet was going to be better for you rather than going for a, a fuller collection well it, it wasn't a, de a, a decision really it just like because I thought um because if you remember I was at that seminar and yeah. I think Clive was talking about the kind of requirements or you would like you know what the profile that they that that you would like and I'm, I've got very low self-esteem and <laughs> impossible syndrome all sorts of things so um and when he described you no know, profile people that were really quite well known and I didn't feel brave enough to submit a whole collection I think but on the other hand I I, I did have trouble putting a full I did you know I was trying to put things into a collection mm. um I felt that my voice was more consistent in some poems than others and I wanted a consistent voice and I wanted a certain mood and so I found that easier to put into a pamphlet as well um, yeah I'm a big fan of pamphlets um I think the poetry pamphlet is a is a statement I think you do put your best work into them um, yes yeah and and it can be a bit of a challenge but I think because you've there's a concept here or there's, there's interwoven themes in happiness FM and I think if it was any longer then it would it would lose the punchiness yes I, I think I think it's 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 the right size actually I think uh, for what it is so I don't feel any regrets it's not a full collection um, Although I'd like to do to have one one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something to work towards in the future. Yeah. But I still felt I was a, like more of a beginner than perhaps some other people. How long have you been doing performance? Well, I suppose it is about 10 years um, because um, 
yeah, I, it all started when I went to on an Avon course when I was 16 um, with Matt Harvey and Kate Fox. Oh, amazing. Um, and it was, one of the, like, it was about comedy and poetry. And it was one of the happiest five days I've ever spent, actually, because everyone was funny. Sometimes they were funny you know, in ways they didn't mean to be. Yeah. Um, I spent the whole five days sort of laughing. And from that, um, I asked Matt, you know, like, where should I, you know, I'd really like to perform. Um, and I've, I've been to sort of traditional poetry readings where they do the sort of poetry clap, you know, the little clap. And, you know, and you come away and you don't really have any idea whether you were good or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. could mend, you know, and so he, he sort of mentioned Bang Said the Gun. And and so I thought I'd give that a try, and that was absolute revelation because it was the opposite of the kind of readings that I've been going to, and and it was fun and it was noisy and enthusiastic and crazy, um, and all the things I like. And um, so so I cut my teeth really um, with Bang Said the Gun because they took me under their wing to some extent. And again, I'll always be grateful for that. And I met some wonderful people and I learned a lot from it. So that was really how I got started, how I got infused by the whole uh, poetry scene, really. And, and then sort of really sort of started to immerse myself in it to some extent and to have a bit more confidence about what I was trying to do. And that's a great place to start, Bang Said the Gun, I think. It's it's now quite legendary, isn't it? Bang said the gun. It's a lot of people started there as well. Yeah. They, they um had that they had a strand that really nurtured people that they they wanted to um you know to help to further their careers and that that's such a nice thing from a poetry night because you know it's not just about them it is also about all of us as well. Yeah, so it's really, a nice place to be community feel of it was fantastic um yeah yeah i miss it <laughs> <laughs> i know like trying to maybe think laurie bolger if you're listening maybe you should um do an online bang said the gun i'm, I'm sure it might have been discussed mm -hmm. wow it would be great to see that and you should definitely perform mary i want to talk about your book launch um and um the fact that we're in a pandemic right now and everything has gone completely upside down <laughs> absolutely absolutely and then so we asked you if you wanted to do uh, an instagram launch actually all of the poets that we've done that we've published for so far this year have all done instagram launches and um obviously that's really really different from being in a venue surrounded by your friends and family you know actually reading getting that audience validation and things like that so I just wanted to ask you what you thought of a doing the online launch and then how how it went for you um well I mean it's always a challenge I think because like I worry, worry quite a lot about the tech side of things um because I feel like um I'm not very good at it, like a lot of people. Um, I mean, actually, it's quite unpredictable as well. You can find um, that some things uh, 
work what you know they work one minute and the next minute they don't work and it actually isn't your incompetence it's actually you know broadband speed or something like that so for that yeah. aspect, but, um and it is weird because you don't have you you know you you have i suppose you have the comments coming up um but but it is weird like when you finish and and there's silence you know i still think that's that's very weird but i've done a few of them now and i suppose it on the other hand it's amazing how much they you know you do feel present as well really um obviously it's not the same as actually being at a gig physically but i think particularly sort of zoom uh, gigs you do feel as though you've been somewhere and you do feel as though uh, you've met people um, but the actual, um, yeah, I was quite quite pleased with the way that uh, the launch went, although I did have one hiccup um, and I did take, um, I think I took people on an unofficial tour of my front room at one point. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as these things go, I think and the comedy is all in, in what goes wrong, really, you know. Yeah. So I tried to say to myself, don't take yourself seriously, you know. It's not, you know, whatever happens will be. It was, it was brilliant. Yeah. Now looking back on it, it was. I, I did really enjoy it. Yeah, it is really nice, isn't it? And then that that added feature of being able to invite someone in, you know, allows you then to have a guest or something to break up the and time a little bit. And you know, it's more balanced entertainment, really, because I think the whole hour just one person is a little bit much, really. So. Um, to, to kind of break it up a bit is good um and yeah 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 it was really well attended and lots of people were asking questions um towards the end which was a, a really nice um uh, yeah part to end on yeah that was really good i mentioned like cole burkett as well because he's fabulous and um so I, I felt like the three of us are our work sat quite well beside each other, if you see what I mean. I thought we were quite a good um, range of stars and voices. So I was quite happy with that. Yeah. Um, and it was also yeah. a taste of the familiar, I think, for a lot of people, because I know that you guys do stuff together sometimes and have done... Yeah, I mean, the chemistry, there was good chemistry there, I think. And I hope that came across as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big admirer of both of them. So, yeah, it was an honour, in a way, to have them to my launch. And they would have come to my physical launch, you see. So I had quite a grand physical launch planned. Yeah, um, you did. <laughs> I did see. The lineup was amazing. I had Erin Bolands as well, which would have been fantastic, you know. But uh, it was not to be. So um, I think it was... You know, I think it's obviously not as, not, as, not as exciting as a physical launch, but it's a very good, you know, it's a hell of a lot better than, than nothing. And, you know, thank you for um, allowing that to happen. Yeah. No, thank you for, for wanting to do it. I think it's, we had to sort of say, okay, we, we might, we're going to have to step up our promo game here because there's mm -hmm. not a lot to go. And, and we do have... Um, quite a large following um so it's always nice to introduce more people that follow us to to the poets in a more in a in a more um physical way than just being like here's a book cover or you know here's a clip but actually being able to say here, here they are here's their poems here's a gig for you 
Yes, I think, um, you know, it does allow you, I mean, I think one of the things about online gigs is that it is allowing us to reach a wider audience, really, without having to get on a train and stay overnight. Um, so in some ways, you know, it, it's, it's a compensation for the fact that you're not with real people because otherwise you might not have been able to, um, to reach those people. So I'm making the most of it, I hope, you know, while we have the online stuff and actually think maybe the online stuff should continue because it does give us that opportunity to reach out to other poets in different places. I do agree with you there as well. And I think as well, it really helps people that have anxiety or um, mobility issues. Um, Absolutely. Whatever reason like that to have online again. So I really hope that there is some way that both can happen. Yeah, I think, I think there's, there's a place for it, definitely. And like you say, you know, there's an awful lot of people for one reason or another can't travel, you know, or can't afford to travel because sometimes when you start out, you're actually out of pocket um, when you do gigs around the country. And, you know, so for, the, for all sorts of reasons, it's a more inclusive way of doing things. And yeah, I do hope we, that, you know, we do continue that. Um, hmm be interesting to see how it shapes the future of performance poetry it will but the future's interesting in lots of ways at the moment yeah it really is isn't it yeah <laughs> i can't think of anything that doesn't come into that category at the moment but but yes i think i think yeah i think it makes things more accessible then it's then it's a good thing yeah yeah so well i hope to see more more of your online gigs in the future then yeah, there's a, there's quite a few sort of open mics, and there's uh, there's quite a few various different things around, and I'm going to be trying to make the most of them over the summer while they're there. Yeah. So popping up here and there. I have been really enjoying doing online workshops. Now now it's been long enough. I think I'm actually more used to the routine of 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 attending an online gig than I used to be. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think at the first, you know, I sort of like, I, I mean, ju just setting up took me about sort of like half an hour to try and get the lighting right and get it right angles and all those sorts of things. And, and now it's quite sort of routine. You know, here we are again, sort of thing, you know, and you know exactly what to do. Um, so that bit of it isn't quite as, as worrying. And I mean, I, I think you can get a great deal from it. I mean, I do a weekly um, poetry course at poetry school with Jacqueline Safra, which is a fantastic course. And um, um, it's so good that we've all been going back for about four years. And um, it's amazing how, you, how we do, no, how well we relate to each other and actually how it works. And we can go into little breakout groups and things like that. And it, it, and we, it, you know, we've learned as much, I think, as if we were sitting in a room together. I don't think um, we've lost anything really, apart from having a cup of tea together. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, I think as we get used to it, I think it becomes easier. I think Zoom can be a strain. I think everybody says this, they, that they get tired when they're on Zoom. And I think it's because you're maintaining a post persona yeah. the whole time. You know, whereas if you were at a gig, you'd be in the corner having a drink and a chat and, you know, 
you wouldn't feel as though you had to have the right face on and all of that, you know, the right posture and whatnot. You wouldn't be worried about any of those things. And so I think that's one of the reasons Zoom is quite tiring. Yeah, I think the same. I think Zoom can be very tiring. I'm lucky enough that I don't have to be on it quite a lot, but I have friends that have back-to-back Zoom um, meetings for work every day. Mm-hmm. And they're just so tired and exhausted because it is like socialising, but without the, you know, the reprieves that you get in, like you say, you can just pop out or for a cigarette or... It's very full on. So, yeah, so... Um... But, but as I say, I mean, some of this is in its infancy, isn't it, as well? And uh, we're just learning to get used to it. And I think that, that side of things will get easier, hopefully. We'll get more used to it. There's, um, there's a couple of poems in, in Happiness FM where you talk about relationships with technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That actually came from, um, yeah. I wrote one of them when um, it was for, when we were doing um, Nationwide, we were, we were involved in um, putting together the nationwide ads and we at one point the brief was about what people my age um, and technology and so I found that was a, a mine actually absolute gold mine for poetry actually and I think some of the things that uh, I express in my poems I think they are common to people my age but also common to everybody that frustration sometimes uh, with the limitations and the way things go wrong. Um, and so, yeah, that, that again is comedy gold, really, I think. A lot of the things that happen when you're trying to get online and a lot of the things that go wrong. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, I find it a very interesting area. I'm really glad that you were in that seminar at Verve Festival and that we crossed paths again, because I think this Well, was, I, I was like, entering, shall I ask her or shall I not? <laughs> And it's that that simple, really. If you don't ask, you don't get, basically. I think that's what I took away from that experience. So I'm really very, very pleased I did ask you. Yeah, I'm Um, very glad that you submitted something and and that we we wanted to do it, because I think it's been a great addition to this year, Uh, especially because of everything else that's been going on. It's really lovely to have books that are on the funny side, light-hearted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. But, you know, I thought actually I really enjoyed the little conference that you put on for us in Bristol as well, the Poets this year. Oh, yeah. For those of you listening, we last year with the Arts Council funding that we had, we ran a Burning Eye convention for our Poets of 2020, uh, where we uh, got them all together in a room, um, did a seminar, did some photo shoots and some videos um, and basically uh, socialized and all hung out together and it was a really nice day yeah it was a it was a very nice day and it was lovely to meet everybody and and it really made it real actually because I think there are a few of us there who it, it, you know it, who were our, our debut sort of collections and pamphlets and we and it didn't really feel real till then to me and I think that was a common experience you know sort of well we you know we look we must be poets now we're here (laughs) yeah it's something that I really want to do again because I think you're right there is that sort of disbelief because so much of the process is done via email you know a lot of the time it's not face-to-face this process at all really um Mm -hmm. so yeah it was really nice to be able to have everyone together to meet each other 
and a lot of us are still in touch with each other which means you know that that has been really nice to have that little network because it really does sort of make it feel like a family and I think that was the intention and I think it succeeded so uh, oh, thank yeah. you thank you for, uh, for that it does um, feel like a family I love our weird family <laughs> family of weirdos and mistresses <laughs> yeah we're we're a very bunch in our family but yeah Clive likes to think of it as a family too and it, it kind of is yeah. and it is nice to get you all together and that hearing you say that you're you're still in contact with with some people like that's really nice to know that you've made this yeah, connection it was nice and I've kept a few of the contacts and we are in touch and we are you know to some extent supporting each other as well which is is really especially because of all that's happened as well, you know, um, the ones that are bringing um, books out in the middle of a pandemic are, you know, have a certain amount in common in terms of how yeah. yeah, you are oddly linked now, aren't you? Bonded in, in that experience. And, and we face similar issues and challenges in kind of promoting the book as well. Um, so, so, yeah. That's really good. I'm really glad. Um, Mary, I was just wondering if you maybe wanted to read us a poem from the book. Now, I'm just going to have a think. I'm going to re read one of my favourites. Um, um, as I mentioned, I did a few residencies in gardens for um, London Open Garden Squares. And one of the residencies was in a children's nursery. And um, so this is a found poem. And what I did was, as part of the activities, I got the parents and the staff um, to um, co collect questions that young children ask. And these are children, so between three and five, most of them, that they found difficult to answer as adults that, you know, um, and, and that really, they really struggled with. And um, so that resulted in um, an exhibition of the questions um, when uh, London Open Garden Squares weekend and um we i had the questions all displayed and the people were going around and arguing about the answers and i thought yeah, no, it was really good fun anyway so about pulled from all that um was this poem which is called i don't know go and play and it's real questions asked by school children where does the green go in winter why doesn't water have bones when will it be yesterday? When is a puddle a pond? How far can you go under? How far can you go up? Why is the moon broken tonight? Where do bubbles go when they pop? Are two of anything the same? Is a spider's web its home? Why is the rain going sideways? Why are snails so slow? Can a tomato kill you? How many years old is snow? Has anyone counted all the stars? Where did my shadow go? What keeps the sky from falling down? Why can't I see my own eyes? I really, really need to know if my apple is dead or alive. <laughs> <laughs> but they were all sort of like questions like you we sort of go, you think you should be able to answer but you can't think without having half an hour to explain you know? i know um, kids they might, really confound you don't they sometimes <laughs> yeah 
yeah, very insightful. So that was really fun that I'm actually doing that. And there were a few that didn't make it into the poem that were equally funny as well. But yeah, young children are natural poets, I think. You know, yeah, have a natural say some funny things, yeah, for sure. To the world, you know. So um yeah, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed um really enjoyed that residency actually. It's very, very interesting. Well, Mary, it's been really nice to talk to you about Happiness FM. I really am very glad that we published it this year. So thank you for for giving the world your poems. Oh, thank you. Well, it's been a pleasure, I have to say. I've really enjoyed the whole experience. And um, I've met some wonderful people. And, um, you know, I think I'm a very lucky person, even though I started late in life, you know, with all of this. It's really nice to feel um, feel as though I belong, actually. Um, so thank you, you know, Burning Eye for that. Oh no, I'm going to blush now. Um, because one of the challenges we've all got as poets at the moment is, is actually how we promote and sell our books. So um, hopefully if you're listening, you know, please um, think about whether you'd like to buy. It's, it's a bargain. Um, and uh, it's had pretty good feedback I have to say um yeah so I mean by, by the book and you know and also I suppose if I was giving advice about being a late starter um I've started to say don't wait as long as I did but at the same time it's never too late to start certainly I've had a really positive experience inclusive experience um, even though I'm old enough to be some people's grandmother, you know, and <laughs> and I've really enjoyed that sort of whole intergenerational aspect of it as well. I think it's how it should be. Yeah, I really like that about the poetry scene as well. Absolutely, no, I agree with you. I can't, I can't think of anything. Well, I can't think of anything I know that's like it. Okay, Mary. So, well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Bridget.